Habits and Health, Episode 7. Welcome to the podcast where we give you ideas for habits you can create to improve various aspects of your health. And today's guest he talks a lot about a lot of habits that he's created that cured some real problems he had uh, a few years ago. His name is Neil Fellows. He's got his hands in a few different businesses. He's got he's a co-founder of the Total Wellness Club. He also has a speaker agency called Stellar Speakers and a business growth consultancy called Seven Figure Back Office. If you know anyone who, once you start listening to the show, you'll hear some, some great stories that Neil talks about. And if you know anyone you think would get some real benefit from listening to this episode, please do share it with them. Why not subscribe? You'll get the episodes when they're released every Tuesday lunchtime. And please do leave a review so other people can find out um, your views and, and all the other reviews that we have about this show. Next Tuesday evening, in case anyone is of interest, I'll be holding a free nutrition webinar called uh, Meal Prepping for Beginners. So if you want to know more about that, you can look in the show notes uh, or just go on to TonyWinyard.com. That's next Tuesday evening, April the 6th. Right now, it is time for this week's episode. Habits and Health. My guest today is Neil Fellows. How are you, Neil? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Tony. Great to be here. Thank you for having me on. No, and, and thank you for accepting the invitation. And you're recently, we've actually had a spate of British guests again, because I find often I'm, I'm talking with people over in the States or in Canada or yeah. whatever, but you're not a million miles from me now since I've moved into kind of more towards your part of the world. You're, you're in the Southwest somewhere. I am, you? yeah. Whereabouts are you now? I'm in uh, Stroud in Gloucestershire. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'm down in Somerset. So it's still a bit of distance, but not a great deal of distance. <laughs> and and is that, have you been down there a long time? Yeah, I've been down here now since uh, 2004. So yeah, 16, 17 years now. So uh, yeah, lovely part of the world to live in. And what is it that you, what is it you do? How do you help people? Yeah, so... I'm a, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur, Tony. I'm, I get very easily bored. Um, so I actually have my, my fingers in three different pies. Um, I'm, a, I'm a speaker agent. I'm a director in a speaker agency. I, um, have, um, uh, I'm a director in a business consultancy, um, which helps people in personal development and wellness. And I'm also a director and founder of um, Total Wellness Club, a rate and review platform for the wellness industry, like TripAdvisor, but for health and well-being. And um, yeah, the way that I help people really is I, I love hearing fantastic stories of people that have transformed their life. That's where I get really excited. And the, the rate and review platform is one of the ways that we can see those stories, you know, because the, the, today... Um, the world is moving, I think, from inspiration and information because there's just so much of that out there into um, a time of trust and transparency because things have happened in the world. People want to find the truth. They want to know what really works. So Total Wellness Club is fantastic for helping people to really transparently see what can work for their health and well-being. So they could find a nutritionist like yourself and they can read reviews about you before they decide whether or not you're the right person for them to come and work with. 
So that's one of the ways I help people. Um, the other way that um, through the consultancy that we help people is usually we're working with wellness providers, and personal development experts, and we're helping them to grow and scale their business. So a lot of what we do is behind the scenes. It's consultancy just to help them grow. Once they've got some traction, we then help them get to the next level just so that they can scale that out and, and reach and impact more people at a, uh, more people, but at a deeper level as well. And then the speaker agency, um, what I love about that is, again, it is working with people who are change makers. They're people that are out there on the stage. They're going into big corporations. They're talking to big audiences. And um, what I love about that is that you can see people change en masse. You know, I've been at the back of a room and watched my speakers in action. And it's phenomenal just to see people start to move and think differently and you know, come out of that presentation. And you hear them when they walk by saying, that was amazing. God, did you hear that bit when he said this? Or do you hear that bit when he said that? Oh, I really get this. So that's how I help people. I just love helping people change. I'm not the one that really does that. I'm not the one that's the expert or the guru. You know, I, I'm just the one that I guess really helps facilitate those people so that they can get out there and work their magic. So that, because there are a few things going through my mind when, when you said all that. I'm wondering how much, is there, is, is, there, is there any overlap between the three of them? Yeah, absolutely. And so, for example, are any of the health and wellness people speaking on stage for you sometimes? Yeah. And, and so on. I mean, there's, there's an amazing overlap between those three businesses um, you know, because the, when I'm working, I'm often doing uh, interviews on YouTube or I'm reviewing a product. So we might pull in one of the speakers from the speaker agency to talk on that. We've also got people mm. who are in sort of health and well-being who we don't represent as speaker clients, but um, they're nevertheless great people who um, sometimes can go out and speak elsewhere. Or we can see the people that are coming through and we can go, okay, with a bit of help and encouragement, maybe we could help you turn into a 5K speaker. Mm. And what... Of those, which one came first in your kind of, you know, let's, go, let's go back a few years and how did it all start? Yeah, the consultancy seven-figure back office was the one that kicked off first. Um, the Long story, in, in, and I'll try and keep it short for you. Um, what, what happened was Joe and I, um, we met in around sort of 2002. Uh, Joe's my wife. We, um, we began sort of working together. And one of our early evolutions was to bring together people who are in health and well-being um, as business owners. And we brought groups of people together. We ran about 120 live uh, networking events and really got to know this part of the world. Um, so the 120 events were all run around sort of Somerset, Bristol, Bath, um, Taunton, that sort of area. We had some fantastic speakers that came in and I learned a lot about good and bad speakers. Um, from just sitting in the back of the room. And then it um, evolved from there in that we started doing things online. You know, we started doing video. Uh, we were an early adopter, really, of that. We started doing tele-seminars, and then that very quickly evolved into webinars. And we were having, uh, I think, our first big webinar. We did a few practices where we got, like, 70 people on the line. First big one we did, we had a 1,000. A year later, we'd moved into multi-speaker um, webinar summit kind of things you know that before the, this is a decade before it was trendy you know people have just started doing that in the last year more and more but we were doing it 10 years ago we had two and a half thousand mm. people at the first big event that we did and so we learned a lot and then people were coming to us and they were saying who's doing your back end you know who's doing your crm who's doing your website who's doing your videos who's putting your events together and it was like well we're just doing it ourselves actually so we actually started to pick up clients from that 
And um, the business grew very, very quickly through um, to about 2014, 2015. And then what happened was everything was running through Joe and I, and uh, we became very, very busy, and it started to affect our health. And um, I think the, the big thing was I was feeling quite stressed. I was reaching kind of adrenal fatigue and joe was actually coming out in hives on her arm one day and we said we'd need to change this we need to do something different so um we sat down one day uh, with mentor and just said look if we were to start this again from scratch what would we do and we thought well actually if we use joe's skills um because she's one of these people that gets systems and processes we use that skill and we could automate a business what would we do in health and wellness? Because that really is, is our big passion. Personal development is in there as well in that mix. So from that conversation, Total Wellness Club was really born because um, the world started to move into communities of trust uh, where people felt that there was a like-minded group of people. And it was starting to move that way. Reviews were starting to, uh, to pop up as well and become more and more prevalent. So this is why we built Total Wellness Club, um, so that people could transparently see what would really help them in their their journey for health and wellness. Because the thing is with reviews is that um, they bypass advertising standards laws in that um, where you've got testimonials, they're static and you, you can't say certain things. But within reviews, you can. And, you, you know, somebody cures diabetes the client can say this cured diabetes in a review, but you couldn't say that in a testimonial. So now people can really transparently see the experience and the benefit of working with certain people. So that's why we got passionate and we started off about uh, with that. And then a few years later, uh, we, we were already having conversations with Kelly Tyler um, uh, around stellar speakers. You know, we were doing some things Kelly was interested in. She was doing some things we were interested in. And we just kind of kept bumping into each other and, and meeting up and going out and having like a dinner or having a drink together. <laughs> and, and eventually Kelly said, would you guys like to come in as partners in the speaker agency? And we're like, yeah, you know, we'd love to do that. It's like the natural progression in in our in our business um, really to to start working in the speaker range because we're already working with people and coaching people um, who were already speakers and one of their big things was I need more gigs <laughs> you know I want to get out there and speak more so um, so that was a natural evolution and of all the people that we could potentially work with having got to know Kelly over a few years she was one of the people that we would say we definitely want to work with her because we can see the the integrity she's got and the ability that she's got, and it just made complete sense for us um, from a personal point of view in terms of the relationship of the person that we were uh, being invited by to work with and where the business was heading as well. So long story to answer your question there, Tony. <laughs> well, and that, again, opens up so many different avenues that I could potentially <laughs> go down. So. I mean, one of the things you mentioned, you know, so a few years ago, you mentioned how things were really getting on top of both of you mm. and you getting stressed and Joe was having the hives and all the rest of it. And from the sound of things, I mean, that, that's a lot of stuff going on there that you're doing. So is there not the, the potential or the possibility now that it could be kind of overwhelming because you're, you've got fingers in so many different pies? One of the things that I'm very deliberately doing is I'm trying not to get involved in the day-to-day running of two of those businesses. Um, so I'm really only focused on one. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to bring in people who are better than me at certain tasks and certain jobs. 
because, you know, when you work with people who are better than you, um, you, the business grows and they do things that you wouldn't Mm. think of doing and they do things quicker than you would ever do them. Um, So I'm very, very gently Mm. just trying to move back and just allow good people to come into the business so that it can grow in that Mm. way. And then how do you, because you mentioned before that Joe is the, like the expert on systems and stuff. So, so Joe, I presume is taking care of all that for all three of them or does she just focus on one or two as well? Yeah, no, largely Joe, Joe gets dragged into all three. So, I mean, she's got those um, three businesses that she is involved in, um, more so with the consultancy than the others. Um, with the, the other businesses, more it's sort of project management and small pieces that she works on, but in the consultancy, it's it's her business really essentially and what i do is i just come in and help her with the strategy of that and and also you know my skills really are in copywriting um so if she needs something scripting for a video it might be me that would do some of that for her if she wants content writing i might write some of that so sales pages and things like that would be something that i would contribute to that um but then largely it's joe I can't take any credit for that business now and, ha- and couldn't really for the last couple of years. <laughs> and if, it intrigued me when you talked about the difference between reviews and testimonials because mm. I've, I've never heard often people just think of a review and a testimonial. It's the same thing. And I've never heard it distinguished in a way that, or, you know, that, yeah. that you, you distinguish it. So what is... I just wonder if, for, if you could go kind of deeper into that and how did that all come about? What made you think about that in the first place? Yeah, I think probably in a way it was accidental. Um, you know, it was a, you know, this is the way the world is going. So um, why don't we go and research it? And then we started looking at um, other business models. I mean, Amazon have used reviews since, I think, what, 1995. Um, then, you know, eBay came along, uh, TripAdvisor came along, Trustpilot came along. Google started doing them, Facebook added them. Um, So there's been sort of like a natural kind of um, uh, evolution really and people moving more and more towards it because they can see that it's something that's actually really needed and wanted. Where we're different with Total Wellness Mm. Club is it's, it's a health and wellness platform. People are already coming to the website. They're already coming with a question. So we're a bit different to a Trustpilot or a Google in that, we're actually a marketplace um, for health and well-being. And what is so? John Smith is one of your um, health and wellness people who you maybe supply um, business to. I mean, and again, I'm going to go deeper into that to find out how more how that works. But so John Smith does stuff for you, and then. Karen Jones comes along. She's got a problem with with diabetes. You mentioned that before. Yep. So how does how would it be that you would refer Karen to, to John? How, how would that all happen in the first place? Sometimes it happens and we don't even know it happens, Tony, because um, let's say um, John is um, a nutritionist and John has a profile on Total Wellness Club. Karen could, as she's searching Google, could put in some certain words and our website would potentially come up. Um, and she would then enter the website and go direct into that person's page. She could equally right. just come direct to Total Wellness Club, maybe from watching one of our videos on YouTube, come over onto the site. She could then type in, you know, that she's looking for a nutritionist or nutrition help or something, 
go direct through to a nutrition's page where she can see um, some reviews on that person. She can read a description of their experience and their expertise. She can see the big problem that she, they help people with. And there's contact details on there that they could just like, they could either you know, go to their website or they could pick up the phone and phone that person direct. So in that scenario, we would know nothing about that. But other times, you know, we've got a, a messenger bot on the uh, on the website. So people can type in um, a message and we'll get it. And they'll say, look, here's what I'm suffering with uh, or here's what I'd like. Um, can you help me? And then we'll say, well, obviously we can't recommend people, but here are a few places that you could go and, and look at. This person's got these reviews and this person there. So go and take a look at, at those people. Um, and you know, the, the beautiful thing about that is I love it when uh, when our wellness professionals then say, great, that actually turned into some business for me. Thank you very much. Um, so um, for me, it's just wonderful to be able to be in that pipeline um, and know that those things are happening. When people just do it on, on the website, we never get to find out, unfortunately, or rarely. Um, but, um, yeah, but it's amazing just really to, to know that people are changing their lives through the website, even though we don't even – know who they are well and i, I know there's there's a, a number of health coaches for a start that listen to to the podcast and you know various other yeah. people from many other industries and whatever but for for any health professionals or health coaches maybe listening to this and and they're starting to become intrigued by by this and what you do so what what is it that you could give them that they're maybe not able to do for them for themselves well, when it comes to just going back to reviews here for a sec, um, when it comes to reviews, one of the things that we can do is we can help at that point where they're having a conversation with someone and we can actually help the conversion of that sale. A couple of ways that this works. Um, one is that um, we've worked with somebody who told us that their business grew tenfold. And what they all they did was they, they collected reviews on their profile. And the next thing that they did was in a sales conversation with someone, they said, I'll send you a link where you can see my reviews on a third party website. Now, some people in those sales conversations actually said to her, I don't need to look mm. at the reviews. I'm in mm. just by the fact that she's got them. Other people went and clicked on the link and now they could see all of the reviews that she'd collected and they were convinced that mm. she was the right person for them to go and work with. Now, if you think that um, psychology now is that when people go on to different websites, mm. they're looking for trust. And one of the big things with trust is reviews. And if there's a review not present, 26% of those people, so about a quarter of the people that go to a mm. website will just click yeah. off without buying because you didn't provide them with what they needed. So the other thing is that we can actually embed the reviews direct into your website. So they're not just on our website, they can go onto your website as well. So, um, the way that works is that we just literally live stream, which means that everything that anyone's ever said about you in those reviews now comes up on your website. So it's actually at the point of sale. Now, we, we put this in with um, with somebody um, who does something that's really quite unique. Um, they do sort of dowsing um, and energy work um, around sort of um, people's homes. So they find kind of like where the, where the energy um, is negative and they help to alleviate those negative points. Um, and um, this, uh, this guy said to me, uh, the day he put reviews into his website, he got three sales in one day without even having a conversation with anyone. And he said he has never had that happen before. 
and literally would probably get one sale. This guy now, I spoke to him earlier this week, he's actually oversubscribed. He's got more clients than he can cope with. And he does two things. He's, he's um, very uh, active on YouTube, which is where his leads come from. And then he uses us um, through the reviews as a way for giving people the evidence and the proof that his work works. So that's how it works. I, I'm wondering if there's also an element of many people, not just in health and wellness, but in many industries, are very good at what they do, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're good at marketing mm-hmm. themselves or knowing how to make effective use of a review or a testimonial or whatever. Often that is the case. You know, the, the people, are, they're, they're tremendous at what they do. And what we do see quite often is that somebody will um, maybe go and do a nutrition course and then next year they'll do something else and the year after they'll do something else because they believe that will lead them to clients. And it, that's not actually the, the way that the world mm. works. Just because they've got more knowledge doesn't mean that you'll attract more clients. Mm. But actually, you know, doing things like getting good at simple things in your marketing, one of the things that, that, that I've done for, for a while and one of the things I recommend to anybody who's struggling is just get good at doing one thing. You know, if it's collecting reviews or if it's doing YouTube videos or one and then the other and then combine the two, as the uh, case study I just mentioned. Um, or actually, you know, get good at being on Facebook. You know, just get good with using one of the tools available. Mm-hmm. The other thing is as well that sometimes people dive into tools too early, you know, without having a clear strategy for what they want to do with the business. And this is certainly where our consultancy work comes in because, um, you know, often people have got lots of ideas. Um, They're doing okay, the people that we work with at that level. Um, But in order to change gear, they've got to do something different. So I'll give you an example of somebody who actually runs their business through doing a lot of launches. Literally, they're perpetually in launch, but they're exhausted. Um, So one of the things that we need to do in order to change gear is to put in some kind of um, promotion that is evergreen, that is always happening for them. And then they can do these launches periodically, which just takes the pressure off them then. And is there... I'm wondering if some people are just because they're trying to do so much, they end up not doing any one of those as well as they could do. They probably a lot a lot of people maybe need to scale back on how many different platforms they're using or or, or whatever the case might be. Yeah, that that is actually true because you know you hear that you need to be on Instagram, you need to be on Facebook, you need to be on Twitter, you need to be on YouTube, and it is exhausting. Mm. Um, and you know, just from my own. Um, you know, learning and experience, you know, having helped a client do really well on YouTube, I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I actually went and did that myself now? Um, so it was odd to actually help someone before I'd actually done it for myself. But having learned some of the things while I was working with that client, I was able to start implementing myself. And I thought, I'm just going to take YouTube for the next year. And that's the only thing that I'm going to try and get good at. It's the only learning I'm going to do. Um, I want to help more wellness professionals get seen, but I also want to help the public Um, get a really good understanding of what's available to them. And I want to do that in a way that um, has integrity, that really sort of digs into those topics. So I thought, so one of the things, you know, with YouTube, there's loads to learn because there's um, there's things like being good at presenting, um, you know, and, and, and keeping people engaged in a video. There's the thumbnail aspect of it. There's the copywriting aspect of it. There's the SEO aspect of it. There's the click-through rate aspects of it, you know. And so there's like five or six things there straight away that you need to become good at on mm. YouTube. 
And it took me a few months to, to actually learn about those things, then to apply them and make mistakes and then relearn and then get better at it. And then today, you know, um, we're sort of six, seven months into that, that year. Um, what's actually happening now is we're getting subscribers coming through every day on that channel now, really since the turn of the year. Um, so in, in the last three months, it's we've, we've, we've now got things right. And now we can look at it. We can go, OK, we can see what's working because there's the analytics. and We just need to do more of that. And my impression, I could be wrong on this, is that most businesses approach YouTube in a less than effective manner. Well, they could be much more effective. Yeah. Well, look, YouTube is a search engine. And if you uh, are going to use a search engine and have it be effective, you need to get your keywords mm. right. And if you don't get your keywords right, there's just no point in being on mm. YouTube. Yeah. There's some... So, you know... Yes, yeah, it's, it's a fundamental for me that you, you, having learned this, that that is the key thing with YouTube. You know, if you go onto Facebook, different scenario, people are there for, for social interaction. Yeah. So you've got to meet them where they're mm. at with that social interaction. You've got to give them, you know, you've got to ask them questions. You've got to engage them in some mm. way. You see in a lot of communities, you probably see this on Facebook too, if you're in groups where people will just post their stuff promoting themselves mm. and it, just doesn't work there's no engagement there there's no relationship moving on to to habits because obviously that's one of the main things about the yeah. this show what how how much do you how much importance do you place on habits do you know when, when you invited me to, to come on and, and um and be your guest tony and you said that your show was about habits i got really excited you know because um habits uh it's a topic that i've been exploring and getting to understand over the last few years and uh it just makes such a difference um in life i think so i'm a big fan of habits um and uh i think that for me one of the the important things about them is um is to create sort of non-negotiables in your life because if you don't have a habit you have to have a conversation with yourself you know am i going to eat healthy mm. am i going to exercise today you know, am I going to get up at a certain time? Do you know what I mean? It's so, you know, that, but if, if you say, no, my habit is that I get up at a certain time every day. If my habit is I drink two liters every day, if my habit is I exercise every morning at seven o'clock, you know, it, there's no negotiating with yourself. You just get up and you do it. Mm. And that's what I love about habits. It takes away that conversation. Mm. Can you think of when, before you had the, the realization, maybe can you think of any time in your life where you've really struggled with a habit that you didn't, you weren't so keen on that, that you had? <laughs> well, there were, bad, there were good habits and there were bad habits, aren't there? And uh, I think for me, um, I, I went through a stage in my life where was, I think I was pretty unhappy and I comfort ate a lot. Right. And one of my habits, um, while, while I was out um, doing my, my job, I was out sort of on the road. And uh, I had these kind of shops along my, my, my path that I would drop into. And I would just go and buy chocolate because it made me happy. And um, I, I worked out at one point that I was eating about 35 bars of chocolate in a week. Wow. That's not counting biscuits and everything else that you know, you'd eat and on top of that. And one of the other things as well is I... I in the afternoons at three o'clock, I would associate chocolate to coffee. So coffee and chocolate went together and became quite a big anchor for me. So three o'clock, chocolate and coffee, you know, it, you know then it became like 10 o'clock, chocolate and coffee. And then when I was out on the road, you know, there was more chocolate. And um, 
I kind of like a comfort ate my way to around uh, nearly 21 stone um, in weight. And uh, so that was a kind of a negative habit that I had to break um, mm. because it just got to a point where it was going to break me if I didn't. Right. Um, so, yeah, so they, so they were good and they were bad habits. And how, how easy or difficult was that to, to stop doing all that? And to, I mean, because obviously you're nowhere near 21 stone now. So how did you handle <laughs> <No>. that? <laughs> Thankfully. Um, well, it, um, I, I'd begun to, it was one day, it was one day I had, um, I was sitting on the stairs and I bent down to try and tie up my shoelaces and I really couldn't do it. You could feel the, the blood pressure building in, in my face as I was bending down to try and do the laces up. And in the end, I had to ask one of my kids to do it. And that for me was one of those pivotal moments of this needs to change. And I was also going through a lot of stress in my life at the time. And uh, we had a really good massage therapist um, who worked with all of the family. And um, I went along to see her and she was massaging me one day in my shoulder. And as she touched my shoulder, I had a referral pain down in my ankle. And when she went to my ankle, I had a referral pain in my hip. And it just literally bounced all over my body. And uh, she, was, she was a northerner, I'm brutally honest. And she said to me, Neil, if you don't bloody sort your life out, you're not going to be here for much longer. And so that was another pivotal moment within the same sort of month, literally, of noticing about my uh, my shoes. I can't remember now which one came first, but they were about the same sort of time. And um, so I realized I needed to uh, to, to make some changes. And um, I would say it was a very slow, gradual change in that I needed to start moving my body. Um, so I started going for walks because say I was under a lot of stress at that time as well. So walking actually helped relieve the stress. And so I got in a habit of going for a walk every evening and that gradually built that up to 45 minutes and gradually walked a little bit faster and then gradually lost a little bit of weight. Then I went to the gym and then I started going to the gym three times a week. And then I realized actually I'd come to a point where I wasn't losing any more weight just through exercise. So I now needed to look at something else. And a good friend of mine was a personal trainer and I spoke to him and he said, well, have you done anything about your diet? And I was like, no, I'm still eating the same way I've been eating all this. He said, well, I think there might be something in that. Why don't you have a think about that? So I was like, okay. So then it was like a realization of, well, what is it that I'm eating that's not good for me? So it's like, well, I'm eating all this chocolate. I need to reduce that. I've got an anchor with chocolate and coffee. So the first thing actually um, I really did then was I stopped drinking coffee. And I haven't drunk coffee now literally for, for nearly 20 years. But, but, and, but um, that, uh, let's, let's stop, stop one minute there because that isn't as well, easy as it probably sounds. I mean, just, you just stopped drinking coffee. I mean, how easy was that? Well, I, I think, yeah, that, so if you imagine I was in quite a lot of pain in that I couldn't bend down and do my shoes up. My body was in pain. I had no energy because I was overweight. I also, the other thing, Tony, is I wasn't sleeping very well because I had an undiagnosed food allergy at the time as well. And what it caused was nosebleeds. And uh, so it started off at the beginning. I'd wake up about five o'clock in the morning with a nosebleed and then gradually it got worse. So I'd wake up at three o'clock and then one o'clock. And it would take sort of like 45 minutes for my nosebleed to stop and then maybe to get back to sleep again. So in a, in a night, I was probably only sleeping four or five hours um, as a maximum, you know, so... I was getting very tired as well. So I didn't have the energy to get up. And then I didn't have the energy to move through life because I was overweight. And, you know, I'd been quite athletic when I was younger. Um, you know, and I wanted to get back to that. But I think you sometimes you feel that this is your lot. 
you know this is the way that life needs you know it's, it's the way that life is and you know sometimes doctors can perpetuate that kind of thinking certainly you know with the, the back injury I also had at that time as well and the uh, the nose doctors couldn't really put their finger on what that was or help other than we may need to do an operation on that and um, so it, for me it was like well, I don't want that so maybe if I start losing weight maybe it'll take the pressure off so that was the, the catalyst for it. it was the pain that I was in that actually caused me to go I need to do something different mm. so then creating a new habit and the thing is well I've met Joe at this time and uh, Joe was uh, was a life coach and uh, she actually gave me the space to work my stupidity out <laughs> but actually asked really good questions that helped to guide me um, you know so she was one of the, the catalysts as well in that of saying are you sure you want to eat that bar of chocolate are you sure you want to have that coffee? And it was just, oh, we were sitting, um, I think it was, um, we were in Hemel Hempstead, I think, actually, at, um, in, a, in a shopping centre, just having a drink in there. I remember that that's where it happened. And it just made that decision there. And then, right, not drinking coffee anymore. That's it, gone. So I think Tony Robbins says that it, uh, it, it, takes, it, it, it takes an instant to change. Mm when you make that decision i can't remember his exact words but you make a change in an instant mm. but sometimes there's this lag time isn't there that leads up to mm. it so what's your relationship now with chocolate and coffee right so with chocolate because it, it is a battle isn't it because chocolate is one of those feel-good foods and if you eat good chocolate there are some benefits mm. to eating good chocolate mm. but if you eat the uh, the highly processed chocolate that you find in all of your high street shops mm. that's not good for you yeah. so i don't want to do that to myself now fortunately for me the allergy that i had is a dairy allergy which actually meant i had to stop eating chocolate anyway mm. so i don't i can't eat any dairy chocolate so now i can only eat chocolate that's milk free mm. but what that got me into as well was raw cacao mm. so now i eat chocolate that's not highly processed mm that doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, that is dairy-free. So I've eradicated some of the issues around chocolate in order to be able to eat. And if, if you watch any of my YouTube, if you watch my YouTube channel, you'll see that periodically I will review a different type of chocolate, you know, whether it's a chocolate drink, like a hot chocolate, or whether it's a chocolate bar. And sometimes I've pulled in like a nutritionist and we've gone through like six or seven different manufacturers of chocolate, mm. three or four different flavors, and we've just like gone, okay, which is the best from a nutrition point of view? Which is the best from a flavor point of view? Which is the best all-round thing? You know, so we kind of review things in that sort of way, um, which I have a lot of fun doing. So chocolate is, is one of my weaknesses, I would say, but it, it's kind of like getting it down to a level where it doesn't have an impact negatively on my health. So it's making good quality choices around what I am going to consume and then not over-consuming it. So I can still allow myself to have it. And that's the thing for me it's with health and wellness. It's not about being like the health police. Mm. It's actually it's about making more good decisions than bad. Um, yeah. You know, if I can get it right 90, 95% of the time, great. Mm. Well, when you just mentioned about that video with the reviews on the chocolate, I, I can sense people <laughs> listening. What, 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 how do we find out about that? Where's that? So, yeah, you'll have to send me a link to that yeah. and I'll put that in the show notes. So. So people can yeah, watch that. Happy to. Um, changing the the topic, I know that you're. I know you. Well, you've kind of mentioned to me you've got some interesting reading habits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I used to read a lot of books, used to just motor through one book after another. I often have like four books on the go, probably finish them all in a month. Um, And uh, so I read a lot. And then a few years ago, um, just decided, actually, I don't really want to consume any more books, really. I want to slow this down. I want to get very specific over what I actually read. And um, I was actually going through a, a fantastic program called My Life Book, uh, which is now on Mind Valley, and um, the, uh, the the guys in the community that we were we were working with um, there that they uh, they've got some really interesting insights on how they go about their life, mm-hmm. and um, so what I started to do was just to be really fussy over what I read. Um, so I started to read only books that have been recommended to me by people who. I really valued their opinion. Mm-hmm. And then that led me into thinking about well, what kind of books do I actually want to consume? Mm. I thought, well, my interests really are around business. They're around history. They're around health and wellness. I'm interested in biographies because I love this human um, overcoming the odds change thing. Mm. I love that. So they're the kind of main areas. And then I look at history and I go, well, actually, I don't really want to consume history by reading mm. it. I'd much rather watch a docudrama or something like that and be able to get involved in it and maybe Google it as I go along and, mm. and learn and understand history from that point of view. So then I um, started to think more about, well, you know, like biographies, but do I want to sit and read biographies? Because mm. biographies can be quite light and entertaining, mm. but you don't necessarily make a lot of notes from yeah. it and take a lot on from mm. it. So I started using Audible um, while I was working out, going for a walk, sitting in the garden, you know, whatever it was I was doing. Mm. And I realized that you can turn up the speed on Audible Mm. as well. So you can go two times faster if you want to get through a section or Mm. something. So that was really handy. So I consumed biographies in that way. So then we're down to the the books on health and business. Mm. And I would also include sort of mindset in here as well, because that's a big thing for me, something I'm really interested in in terms of how we develop. Um, so they're the three types of books I'll now read. Um, and then last year I just decided, well, I want to spend a lot of time understanding my own brain and how it works and how to use it better. So last year I just um, decided that there were a few books I wanted to read and they were the only books that I read last year. So I read those books and then as I go through a book, I turn down pages, you know, the corners of a page so I know there was something really good on that page. I highlight or underline um, the pieces that really stand out for me. And then having done that, I'll go back through the book and I'll dictate my notes into um, Google, uh, Google Voice. And um, when I've done that, I'll then go back through that, um, that book and condense my notes. Because sometimes when you go through a book, they repeat themselves. I never realized this happened, actually, until I started doing this. That you might, They might repeat things three or four times and you make all of those notes. And then you go back through your notes and you go... They said that three or four times, sometimes in different ways. Didn't mm. realize that they were doing that, but now I've got it once and now mm. I only need to read. So you might go through a book that's, say, 300 pages and condense it down to about 10 pages mm. and maybe two or three bullet points from that, from things that you really want to take on in your life. Mm. So I um, started doing that. And then in the last couple of years, uh, I've actually now, when I've finished reading a book, when I've condensed its notes, I actually illustrate it now in my journal. Um, so I've got a pictorial um, representation 
of the main teaching points from that book. Mm. Um, and then a friend of mine said to me um, recently, why don't you um, print that out and put it on your wall as a picture? And I thought, I've never thought of that before. Mm. What a good idea, because it keeps it front of mind. Mm. So I don't even have to get the book out now. So um, I've actually got one of them on my wall now, which I'm really working very closely mm. with because I want it to be in my awareness every day. So, yeah, it was just a decision. I don't want to consume more. You know, there's other things I'd like to do with my life. There's some specific things I want to learn. So let me go and learn those things. And that's the only bit of reading that I'm going to do this year, apart from maybe a few things just for entertainment. So my son, um, he said to me, is you going to be doing this YouTube channel, Dad? He said, um, why don't you, because you're very open-minded, why don't you get a bit more sceptical? Because you're going to be representing sort of like um, – people who want to understand more about health. So I just um, listened to an audio book by Carl Sagan called, um, just trying to remember the name. Cosmos. Sorry? Cosmos? No, the other one. No, no, it wasn't Cosmos. Uh, Demon Haunted World. Right. Uh, Demon Haunted World by Carl Sagan. So I read that and went through it on audio book. And that was really fascinating, um, the way that he thinks as a scientist. Mm. And uh, there's just another one that I've just got called Pandora's Box, which looks at sort of health and wellness and some of the really bad mistakes that have been made over the years. Haven't got into that one yet. That's one I just downloaded yesterday. Mm. So we're just going to start on that one. But just reading those things, a bit more for, for sort of like entertainment, but also to expand my own mind and get better at what I'm doing. So you you said before this whole process you were on on average about a book a week. So how long now would you say it takes you to read a book on average? I can. So sometimes what I'll do is um, I'll, I'll make I'll, I'll list out all of the books that I want for mm. Christmas. Right. So I'll generally get all of those for Christmas then, and um, I'll start reading them because I'll take a week off after Christmas and a week probably into the new year. So the bulk of my reading is actually done in those two weeks. So I will probably do two of maybe the four or five books that I want to read Mm. during that year in that couple of weeks. Mm. I may actually focus in the winter, like January, February, on finishing the other books. Then I'll spend the next few months going back through those books, the bits that I highlighted, Mm. and, and sort of like dictating those out and then sitting with that material and going, which part of this do I really, which, which golden nugget do I really want to take away? So you're, sounds from, you're really retaining a lot of the sort of core key information from, from the books. Yeah, I think that's the reason to read, mm. isn't it? You know, if you, unless you're reading novels, the reason to read sort of personal development or wellness books or business mm. books is actually to get better at what you do. Mm. And the only way to get better at what you do is if you develop a really strong habit about taking the golden nuggets mm and then applying them that's um i love that process that sounds yeah i'm gonna have to have a think about doing something like that because that's <laughs> I, i've recently been looking more and more into i don't know if you're familiar with the Feynman technique i'm not no i've never so heard you of know it. richard Feynman, the um the famous professor he he developed it so he was known um yeah this was what like the mid 20th century he was known as being one of the most intelligent people uh, people in the world and you know, he was like a nuclear physicist and, and so on. And he yeah. um, always said, if you can't explain something to an eight-year-old, then you don't know the subject well enough. You don't know what you, you, you don't sufficiently know your own topic. And so he yeah. always tried to condense everything and make it as simple to explain as he possibly could to, to whoever he was mm. talking about, even if it was like something like nuclear physics. And yeah, but the, the technique is called, um, I don't remember exactly how it works now, where 
Oh yeah, so there's four stages to it. So the first stage, obviously, is you're, you're reading a book or the material, whatever it might be, an article, whatever. Um, and then as you start thinking, well, okay, how, how would I be able to explain this? How could I use this in my own words? How would I put this across to someone else? Then, then stage three is you actually try and teach it to someone. You try and explain it to someone and see if they mm-hmm. are able to understand it in, in a way that's clear yeah. for them. And if not, you go back to stage two and you keep going between stage two and three. And then at stage four, then you're confident that you absolutely understand. And obviously that means a book that would normally for someone might take three weeks is now probably going to take maybe two or three months. But now they thoroughly understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot like, um, like I was just saying a few minutes ago, you know, just taking like YouTube and getting good at doing that one thing. It's the same with books, you know, reading certain types of books on one subject mm-hmm. to really get to know all you can. Because, you know, like some of the books I was reading, they, they were around the same topic. They were largely around how elite athletes use their brain. Um, so I was reading books on there that were written by their coaches and um when you look at um the way that uh, that they use their brains and you hear it from different people in different ways um mm. you can then start to build your own philosophy around that topic so you actually in a way become an expert on that topic now whether that's just for your own sake or whether that's something you want to share with other people um you know i, I think for me sometimes i can't help it you know because that's like if i'm talking to somebody you know whether i'm in a forum on on say facebook or talking to family or friends or a client you can't help but share that kind of information um with people around what you're doing so yeah, you just become more of an expert on on a topic and i kind of like that because rather than being a generalist because i read so much i now become an expert on a few very specific things and they help inform my life because i've now got a philosophy for doing something you know it's like if you look at the the health side of things developing really strong habits around health because i read a book that said hydrate you know and i learned more about hydration so now i actually become good at hydrating and then you know you get better at exercise or you get better at what you put on your plate you know it's so gradually you improve your life the quality of your life and then you know i think when you, you the question i often ask myself is when we get good at um personal development you know when we get good at thinking about things and we create a way of going about life do all of the problems stop well, actually they don't problems still evolve but we've got a different way of looking at them which somehow makes life better um so for me building a philosophy from being very specific on what i read getting good at that thing alleviating a problem now i can move forward again hmm and you mentioned to me about you've got a framework called Clarity, Habits, and Awareness. So how, how did yeah. that develop? Largely developed um, in a workshop. You were actually in the room when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this is going back a couple of years ago, really. Um, but I guess really it's, it's, uh, it's uh, they're simple words that um, we all know um, that can help servers you know if we're really clear on something we know where we're going mm. and when we start then to do things so let's say we want to lose weight we we, we we create a target for ourselves let's say i was 21 stone wanted to get to 12 stone i've got a target so i've got clarity on what i want to achieve 
but I now don't know how to get there. So now I need to gain clarity on how I get there. So first thing is you use what you know, and then that gives you an awareness of what you do know and also what you don't know. And what you then need to do is to start to understand the things you don't know, which is where podcasts or reading or YouTube or a coach comes in handy. Um, you know, using a coach, obviously, to evolve things and move things faster. Um, so um, you start to build up this awareness and then you're, you get closer to your goal. And so we're developing new habits as well at the same time. So you then realize that this habit works, this habit doesn't work. So that's where awareness kicks in and you make changes then through your awareness. Mm. That really is the, the, the whole thing. So having clarity, first and foremost, where do you want to get to? Using your awareness to um, develop the habits and change the habits that do and don't work for you or getting better at those habits mm. and implementing those habits at a higher level. Because like, just say just with hydration, you know, first thing is you know that you need to drink, say, two, two and a half litres of water every mm. day. Um, but then the thing is, well, do I do it? No, I don't. So now I need to do something that gets me to drink that. So you start measuring it, monitoring it. Maybe you use a reminder. Maybe you put an alarm on your phone. Or maybe you just say, look, to drink two and a half litres – a day. I need to have a drink at seven o'clock, nine o'clock, eleven o'clock, one thirty, four, four o'clock, six o'clock. You know, so I know that I'm. So now there's a schedule for it, mm. and whether there's a reminder set or you just know it's four o'clock. I need a drink, mm. and then you go and drink. So it's that's how it kind of works. It's like so having that clarity, having the awareness that oscillates with your habits. You know, it's like this works, that doesn't work. And then just gradually finding things that just move you towards your goal. Because at the end of the day, I think if you want to put a goal on steroids, create habits around mm. it. And if you want to get there, develop a habit because um, it's that constant chipping away at the block that eventually gets you to it. Mm. You're in, it sounds like you're from where the description you gave of where you were a few years, I don't know how many years ago it was, where you were 21 stone mm. and eating all that chocolate and coffee and so on. And now... I get the impression you're 180 degrees from, from where you were then. Different life. Really is a different life, Tony. Yeah, because I've got, um, along the journey, I had the energy to start playing with my mm. kids. <laughs> Before I was just watching, you know, you literally watch your life go around, go, go by. And uh, so, yeah, I've got more energy. Um, I enjoy life more. Um, it's just a completely different shift. And, you know, things, things that... Um, you know, let, let's say um, there were certain foods that I had a good experience eating. I can look at those now and go, no, I don't mm. want that. That's, that's, that mm. doesn't resonate with me at all anymore. Mm. So, yeah, big difference. Who do you think in, in the health and wellness sphere, is it coaches you're most able to help? Is it um, is it doctors? I mean, who is it that you, you feel you're most able to help? Who listening to this? might well need to, to get in touch with you, do you think? Well, what we like is we, we like a mix of um, sort of like wellness professionals, wellness product providers, wellness leaders, wellness experts. Mm. You know, we, we love all of those with Total Wellness Club. They're, they're the people that we attract. Um, one thing that I think is really important, I think a key distinction for us is it's natural. We're looking for natural health. We're mm. looking for prevention rather than cure. Mm. Um, so, you know, we don't want to get ill in the first place. When we were developing Total Wellness Club and we did our research, one of the things that we found, especially amongst women, 
was the, the thing that they were saying is, I want to understand what I can do so I don't get ill when I age. Mm. So what can I do now that prevents that? Mm. And that was, that's been one of the key things that we've had at the back of our mind all of the time while we've been developing Total Wellness Club. Um, so, and obviously nutrition is a massive part of that. Mm. So there are obviously nutritionists and there are life coaches and health coaches that can help people with all of that kind of thing and getting the right kind of mindset as well as finding out what they need to put on their plate and the supplementation and all that kind of thing. And because it, you know, even when you look at nutrition, there are so many different things that can happen to an individual. So the other thing I would say as well is as well as it being natural, the thing that we're really looking for is unique. So you're different to me. Mm. I'm different to the next person. Mm -hmm. We're all unique. We're all individual. We've all got our own history. We've all got our own sort of DNA. We've all got our own way of going about life. We've all got our own way of handling life. Mm. So we're all different and we need to find what works for us. Mm. And the way that I look at it is there's not one size that fits all. Um, so it's about for the individual looking for better health, it's well, what works for them and their lifestyle. How do they crack it? You know, my, my role is actually to try and help people find more mm. ideas so that they can find the thing that works for them. So from a health perspective, uh, from the point of view of like a wellness professional, we like all of them, you know, there's people who create, there's people that talk about nutrition and help people with nutrition, mm. but there's also the people that provide the nutrition. So mm. the, the companies that provide the supplementation, the gluten-free and dairy-free foods. Mm. So we love all of them on Total Wellness Club. So if people want to find out more about you, where's the best place to look? Well, the best place probably is come and find me on YouTube. If you're exploring your health and wellness, that would be a great place. Um, we've, we've got a channel on there called Total Wellness Club. And uh, we just explore health through interviewing experts, but also we do reviews. Um, and also I'll share some of my own explorations as well from time to time. Um, each of the people I interview leaves us with a challenge at the end of that interview, because I like to say, you know, you've given us all this wonderful information. What's the one thing we could take away and use here? that actually mm. we could then try and see if that works for us. So we always mm. do that. And I go away and I try those. And sometimes I fail with them. So, um, And sometimes I fail um, in a funny kind of way. And I share that with people because, you know, it's life. It's what happens, you know, when we try mm. something different and new. The other thing is, you know, if you're a wellness professional, just come and find us on Total Wellness Club's website if you're looking to expand your business. We've also um, got a business growth hub on um, on Facebook as well, um, where we've got a community of people who want to grow their businesses. And, um, you know, we, we do Facebook Lives. Um, Joe, along with um, our brand manager, Nora, um, they look at um, the business of, of health from different perspectives. So they were having a, a discussion and that's what they do. They discuss things. Um, so they were taking the area of um, being good at telling stories um, a few weeks ago. And so Nora takes that from a brand perspective. But Joe looks at your story from an operations perspective. And what doesn't happen very often, you might hear somebody in business, usually talking from a marketing point of view, of saying, you need to get good at telling a story. But they don't often think about where does that story now fit from the other side of business? 
So the two of them bring these two elements together. It's actually quite fascinating. Me listening to them, I get educated just listening to the two of them discuss it. So, um, so that would be the other place over on Facebook, Business Growth Hub. Well, we'll put all the, all those links will be in the show notes for anyone listening who wants to maybe explore one of those. So just before we finish, do you, is there a, a quotation that you particularly like now? Yeah, um, tragedy plus time equals humour. And if you want to have a better time in life, shorten the time span. Mm. And what, what is it that resonates with you about that? <laughs> I've never taken life too seriously. I've always been able to um, to laugh about the things that happen to me, and um, and realise that sometimes you know serious things do happen. But when you can find humour in them, it just takes away all the stress and the pain and the you know the trouble from it. Um, because sometimes you know you can be doing something yourself you know for me it would often be around DIY because I'm not good at it Um, and you do something that you realize is stupid and you've got no other option other than to laugh at you get annoyed with yourself but it's much healthier to laugh at yourself so that's why it really resonates with me and did did you come across that in a book or where, where did you first find that I was at a seminar, actually. It was one of the speakers um, that uh, that said that. And I thought, oh, I love that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> and it's just stuck with me for 40 years. Wow. Well, Neil, it's been uh, it's been a real pleasure. So thank you for your time and, and for all of the, the wisdom you shared with the audience. So, yeah, thank you very much. Likewise, Tony. Thank you for having me here. Next week is episode eight. And my guest is Heath Armstrong. He's quite a character. He's a creator of a business called Sweet Ass Affirmations, motivation for your creative maniac mind. And he's created a few journals, which are called Sweet Ass Journals. And he's also the host of the Never Stop Peaking podcast. He's had some real ups and downs in his life. And we're going to hear about those. I mean, seriously, rock bottom involved in some some gangster stuff and and various other things and now he's completely turned his life around so that's next week's show with heath armstrong if you know anyone who you think would get some real value from some of the uh the, the knowledge and wisdom that neil shared of us this week why not share the episode with them uh please do leave a review for us and why not subscribe while you're there and just one more reminder next tuesday april the 6th at seven o'clock i'll be doing a free nutrition webinar you can get the full details at tonywinyard.com slash webinar that's a, a one hour webinar next next tuesday april the 6th hope you have a fantastic week see you next week